Look with me in the scriptures at uh, 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter. We've been on a series for some weeks now that we're calling Separated. Separated. And we've covered a lot of ground already, and if you haven't been with us, then we uh, uh, encourage you to go online or go back to the Word Supply and, and get these previous messages. They won't cost you anything. And around here we have a saying, no charge means no excuse for not knowing it, not getting it. And uh, thank you, Lord. I, I need to mention that too. Uh, when we started the church in Branson in praying about what we should do, we just didn't look to other churches. We looked to the Lord about what kind of meetings we should have, what kind of things we should do. And the Lord dealt with us to have a marriage meeting every year and to have a week of increase. And that was our two meetings. Now, since we now have Sarasota Church, we've added another meeting, and that's Greater Faith. But uh, in marriage meeting, the first one we had, I was surprised by the people who didn't come. <laughs> I mean, uh, the people in the church didn't come by the hundreds. <laughs> and um, I thought, well, you know, should I say something? Because we announced it. We talked about the importance of it. Not a bunch, but, you know, enough that people knew about it. And, and the Lord dealt with me, no, you don't. Because at the end of the week, especially, you know, a lot of people hadn't come. We'd had a good meeting, but a lot of people weren't there. And... Um, I thought, well, you know, this coming Sunday then at the end of the week, should I say a little something about it? And the Lord checked me, no, don't say anything about it. And, th and he quickened this to me. You know how he can show you something just in a split second, take you an hour to try to explain it. But I saw that if he dealt with us and directed us to have it, that's a big deal. Not just we decided to do something, but if he directed us to have it, and gave us utterance and anointing and revelation. His spirit was there giving people answers for their relationships and their marriages and their families and these things. And it was available to them and he dealt with them to go and they didn't go. They'll be held responsible for what came out in that meeting even though they didn't even go. And there'll be times that people will say, well, Lord, I, I needed this and you didn't help me. And uh, they may not understand it in this life, but even later, if they want to say something about it, he'll say, I provided it for you. Yes. And you didn't care about it. Mm -hmm. You didn't care enough to make the time or, or whatever. So these things are more important than, than many realize. Amen. And if the Lord makes something available to you, provides it for you, but you and you have the opportunity to get it, and he deals with you to go, and you don't, you will be responsible for knowing what came out there, even though you didn't go. And I know that's a little bit sobering, but we need to know the truth, right? So uh, I, I commend you for being here. Amen. There's safety. Hallelujah. Being where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to be doing. Getting fed what you're supposed to be getting fed on a regular basis. Because the Lord is always getting you ready. Nothing catches him by surprise. 
And if you're where you're supposed to be, feeding on what you're supposed to be feeding on, exercising what you're supposed to be exercising in, when the enemy does something, you'll realize, oh, that's what God's been talking to me about for the last six months. I'm ready. I've got this. Right? You'll be strong instead of weak. You are an overcomer. Praise God. <laughs> Let's see if we can read this text. Second <laughs> Corinthians 6. Are you there? Verse 14. He said, Be you not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now, this, con- this thought continues, but he, you see other scripture that talks about, he's not saying you can't work with somebody, you can't be around somebody that's an unbeliever, you can't have a conversation, talk with somebody. This is about, this has to do with covenants and partnerships and that kind of thing especially. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What's the answer? None. What communion has light with darkness? None. What concord has Christ with Belial, the name of the devil? None. What part has he that believes with an infidel? None. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? None. For you are the temple of the living God. Everybody say, I am. We are the temple of the living God. You know, all these other temples throughout the world and these other religions, they are dead gods. Gods that have never answered a prayer and never will. No matter how many wheels you spin, they're dead gods. There's only one living God. Somebody said, well, you're just just narrow-minded and saved. There's a broad way. An all-inclusive way that leads to destruction. And there's a straight and a narrow way that leads to life. Jesus is the only way. Only way to the Father. For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I'll be their God. They shall be my people. Come on, say it out loud. We are the temple of the living God. God dwells in us. He walks in us. He's our God. We're His people. Now that should, if we're really doing this, it will make us different in this dark world. We are in a world full of unrighteousness. We are righteousness. In a world full of darkness, we are light. Can you see this? Why? Because of our God who is in us. Verse 17. Wherefore, do what? Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Now, this is completely counter to the message of political correctness, which is to be completely inclusive. No separation. (laughs) Y'all are too quiet. Now, we are to love people 
no matter what condition they're in. But how much of the devil's evil stuff are we to include and tolerate and participate in and be a part of? There, there must be, as God's holy people, lines we don't cross, things we don't do. People say, oh, don't get into all that religious preaching do's and don'ts, do's and don'ts. Well, then everything is a do. It's all right to do anything and everything. No, there's some things we shouldn't do. He said, come out from among them. And them refers back to the, the, the unbelievers, the ungodly, the unrighteous, the darkness, the things of the devil, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I'll receive you. Just like there are nasty, filthy things in the natural, in the physical, there are nasty, filthy things spiritually. I've even heard people say, you know, man, I, I feel like I need a shower after watching that. Or listening to that. Well, it's because of what inspired it. Where it came from. And I tell you, there, there's some, uh, some unclean things in the area of uh, depression. And feeling sorry for yourself. If a lot of people, and, and we've all made mistakes in these areas now. But if a lot of folks that had just yielded to depression... And, and blamed everybody for everything and felt sorry for themselves and just wallowed in it in their bed for, for days and weeks. If they had their spiritual eyes opened and saw what they were laying around with, uh, when, they, when they quit throwing up and, and after four showers, they'd never want to do it again. There's a lot of unclean stuff spiritually that can defile you. Now that doesn't mean that you're lost because of it. We have been made clean by the blood, but just because you've made clean doesn't mean you can't go back and jump in the sewer again if you want to. You don't need to get saved again, but you do need to be rinsed off. And this is an area where we are to cleanse ourselves and that's what this next verse says. Verse 18, I'll be a father to you. You'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And then into 7, 1, this was not written in chapter and verse. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness, both of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness, which is separation in the fear of God. Is this New Testament scripture? Should we be aware of this? And this is important to us. The scripture said in, in Romans that we are not to be conformed to this world, but we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Look in 1 Peter 1 and 13. This is the NIV we'll be reading as well. He said, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. 
Somebody say, don't conform. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. How many think we should be like him? For it is written, be holy. Who said that? The Father, God, our Creator. Be holy because I am holy. So if we want to be like him, we must also be separated. Separate from defiling and unclean things. Skip over to the third chapter here in 1 Peter. 1 Peter 3.15. He said, uh, in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Uh, I believe the words sanctify in the King James. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready, be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope uh, that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Keeping a clear conscience. Everybody say, keeping a clear conscience. Say it again. Keeping a clear, one more time, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Now notice back in verse 15, he said, uh, sanctify the Lord in your hearts. There's a separation he's talking about. And always be ready to give an answer to those that might ask you about the reason for the hope that's in you. Sanctification is not about telling other people how to live. Are y'all with me or not? Sanctification, holiness, is not about you telling other people, especially unbelievers, about what's wrong with their life. It's about you walking in the light you have, being separated, not being conformed, and not being swayed by peer pressure, ungodly world pressure, and ready and know what scripture you believe, know who you know, know what you're standing on, ready to give an answer. You're not trying to shove anything down their throat, but if they want to know why you live the way you do, you can tell them. And they're not going to sway you. They're not going to conform you through mocking, through persecution, through ridicule, through whatever they might try to do. They that will live godly. You could also say holy. In Christ Jesus shall suffer, not being sick, not being broke. In fact, there's persecution that comes with the hundredfold. Have you read about that? But you'll get over it while you're enjoying the hundredfold. <laughs> but uh, they that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It's not about telling other people how to live. It's about you walking in the light uh, and keeping your own conscience clear and demonstrating how to live. Giving an example, showing how to do it. Even if people act like they despise it and they don't want to hear it, they're seeing it. And it's staying with them. 
And it may take some people 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, but some of them will come around. Hallelujah. And they may mock you, make fun of you, cuss you, call you names. It's not about you telling them how wrong they are. It's about you, me, walking in all the light we have, being separate, keeping a clear conscience, being the witness that he anointed us and made us to be. We are light. We are salt in a dark and corrupt world. Can you say amen? Amen. Thank you. Father, go with me to the book of Romans, please. The first chapter. We're making good progress. Romans 1. If you get into preaching against other people and how they live and and, and trying to tell everybody how unholy they are, you will be doing what the Lord said was a smoke in his nose. And that is trying to portray that you are holier than they. Don't do this. The enemy will tempt you to do this because nothing turns off unbelievers against the church quite like that. By acting superior and judging and accusing and coming down on There's been a way too much of this. And we've all made mistakes. But let me go over it again real slow. Being separate. Walking in holiness with the Lord. Is not telling other people how to live. Is not telling other people what's wrong with their life. What it is. Is not letting them pull you into their junk. You being strong. You not being conformed. You knowing what you believe. And being willing to endure whatever persecution comes with that too. Being different is not easy. (laughs) You don't say everything you see. You know how I know that? (laughs) Oh man. In the beginning days of ministry, I said too much to people, to individuals. I said too much. And one day after I realized that I had, and they shut me down, turned me off, the Lord said this to me. He said, Keith, it's not what you know, it's not what you see, it's not what they need, but what will they receive? And only the Holy Spirit knows that. Are are you all awake? It's not what, you know, if you grow in in things and the Lord helps you outgrow some things, well, you you can see it real clear in other people's lives. But you need to remind yourself there was a time when you didn't see it either. Right? Right? But just because you see it and you think you can explain it perfectly does not mean that you should try to talk to them about it. Somebody didn't believe that. <laughs> you also have had a lot of trouble too, hadn't you? And people will get to where they don't want to be around you. No, 
It's not what you know. It's not what you see and know they need. It's what will they receive. And a lot of times they wouldn't receive it just because it's you. Just because it's you. Even though it's absolutely right, it's gospel truth, and you say it perfectly, they still wouldn't receive it because it came through you. And they'd rather just do without than admit that you were right about something or that they were wrong about something. What what are we saying? God has other people. Tell your neighbor, God has other people besides you. (laughs) This is where the prayer to ask the Lord to send laborers across their path because he knows who they'll listen to. And if they won't listen to you, then there's somebody else that they will listen to. So what do you do in the meantime? You just smile. Tell them you like their new shoes. Right? Talk about the weather. Be cordial. Be kind. Be gracious. You don't say everything you know. You don't bring up everything you see. We need to be led by the Spirit as to what we bring up, how we get into it, what we say, and we need to realize no matter how desperately they may need it and how clearly we may see it, we may not be the ones to try to talk to them about The Lord has other people. Now here's the thing to do. If you let the Lord use you to help others, family and friends and what have you, then he's faithful to use other people to help your family and friends. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Romans 1 and 16. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We're going to read more than one verse here. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Let me say that a different way. They don't respect the truth. They don't love the truth. They don't want the truth. Now this, this took me a few years to understand this in the early days of ministry. I was convinced in the early days of our ministry that maybe the biggest problem was lack of knowledge. Huh? Scripture said my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Ignorance, darkness, lack of knowledge. Because, you know, when you know the truth, then that's it. That fixes everything. And then, years later, I read the rest of that verse. You know, we really should read the verse that comes before it and the one that comes after it. It would prevent so many false doctrines. That verse goes on to say, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. Not because it wasn't available. It's because you did see it. You did hear it, but you didn't want it. And there are, this is a sad thing, billions on the planet alive 
who don't want the truth. They don't want to see it. They don't want to hear it. They may say they do, but when they come, when they come face to face with it, they don't want that to be true. They don't like that. And, and here's the problem. If you're given the truth and you don't like that and you don't want that, there's nothing else to believe but lies. And the enemy is ready and glad to give you all the lies you want to believe instead of the truth. One of the greatest things that should be in our hearts is that we should love the truth. I've said this before and it sounds like it's saying too much, but I love the truth more than I love anybody or anything. You might say, well, I thought you were supposed to love Jesus. That's what I just said. He is. Remember that? The, the, the truth. I thought you were supposed to love the Word. That's what I just said. His Word is truth. You're supposed to love the Spirit. Is the Spirit of truth. Come on, can you see that? We must, in order to walk with Him, we must love the truth more than we love anybody. You know, all of our family should know, don't make me pick between you and the truth. I'm not going to pick myself over the truth, and I'm not going to pick you over the truth. Why? Because there's nothing down that path. If you don't want the truth, there's nothing left but lies and darkness and deception. Do you know what deception is? Deception is believing a lie is true. Now you're in a bad way because you think this is true, but it's a lie. And that happened because you heard the truth, but didn't want it. Now that's what he's talking about here. He said in verse 18, I'm reading the Young's literal translation now. He said, revealed from heaven, the wrath of God is against all ungodliness. Put up, if you would please, Young's literal And men are holding down the truth in unrighteousness. The NIV says, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. This is happening all over the planet because the father of lies is the acting God of this world. And he is actively at every turn, at every hand, resisting, suppressing truth. Why? Because you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Free from what? Free from him. Free from lies. Free from deception. Free from bondage. They suppress the truth. Verse 19 since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them or manifest. Verse 20, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that they are without an excuse. Now this is, there are many people who have said, well, you know, it's not fair because, 
you know, a lot of people have never heard the gospel. And so how could it be fair that they'd be lost and they, they never heard it? Because of this. You hear people say, there is no proof of God. That's ridiculous. You're, you're sitting on proof of God. You're breathing proof of God. Your heart beating is proof of God. That's ultimate stupidity. I know people think that, we, we see it a little bit later, people imagine themselves wise and brilliant without God, but the truth is they're utter fools. What do you mean? Proof of God is all around us. It's in us. It's on us. In Him we live and move and have our being. Take a breath. Who created that air? Who created it? People say, well, it's the theory of this and the theory of that. Just because a lot of people agree on a theory is proof of nothing. It's still a theory. You know what the truth is? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's the truth. That's the truth. Does everybody want the truth? No, they don't. Which is why all these lies have been developed so you can believe something else, something instead of the truth. And they are lies. Keep reading. It says, verse 21, because having known God, they didn't glorify him as God. What what does it mean, though they knew God? Now, it's obvious before you finish reading this that these are lost people. So how can you say they they knew God? They didn't know him intimately as father. They saw him. They got a glimpse of him. They recognized him. But then what? They didn't acknowledge what they saw. They didn't glorify him as God. They weren't thankful. And so they became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was what? Darkened. Darkened. When you don't want light, what else is there? Dark. If you don't want truth, what else is there? There's only lies and darkness. Every step out of the, away from the truth is a step into lies. Every step out of light is a step into darkness. And the further you go, the darker it gets. Jesus is the light. And if you're walking with him in the light, it gets brighter and brighter until the full day, I mean noonday, bright. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's, there's so much here, I won't take time to go into it. But let me say it a different way. There is not one human being on the planet, born on this planet, I don't care where they're born, I don't care if they were born into a family that the previous 50 generations were idol worshipers. There's a moment when that young boy or girl comes to awareness and realization. They look at the mountains, they look at the ocean, they look at the night sky, and there is a spark in them that there's a creator. Hallelujah. There is a God 
who created all this. And he's a, a good God. And he cares about you. And if that boy, that girl, if they will receive that and be honest. Did you hear that word? Be honest about what they saw and will respond and say, I believe you. I want to know more. <laughs> then what do you think is going to happen? You, draw, you respond, you draw near to him, what will happen? He will draw near to you. He will give you more light. He, I don't care how far in the boonies you are, how dark it's been in your nation or your people. If you keep following him and keep being honest about what you're seeing, he will lead you all the way out Amen. to full salvation in Jesus Christ. Amen. It will happen. It'll happen. Unless you see light and you don't want it. And if you say, I, no, man, if I go with that, my family will disown me. You know, previous generations have believed that this rock over here is God and, and that that and the other, and I can't, that'll, that'll mess up my plans and my family's plans and, and this and that. And if you do that, the light will be extinguished. You quenched what the Spirit was trying to show you. And he will not push it off on you. He'll let you go the next 50 years and do your thing and waste your life. Now, he is merciful and good, especially if you got somebody praying for you. He'll send labors across your path. He'll remind you of it in the nighttime. He'll wake you up and show you something else. But you can ignore it your whole life. And if you ignore it, you never find out more. You have to walk in the light that you have to get more light. But if you do, it'll get brighter and brighter. You'll find out he is a God. He is real. He is the creator. And in fact, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And in fact, he's the God of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in fact... He paid the price for all. Hey, he'll just keep bringing you. He'll just keep bringing you right on up. Hasn't he done that for us? How far did he bring you from, my brother and sister? How, how dark was your life some time ago? Have we gotten to all the light there is? No. Should we keep on keeping on? Letting it get brighter and brighter and brighter. Now, the key to this happening Go to Romans 2. You're there in Romans 1. Just Romans 2. And this wasn't written in chapter and verse. This is all flows together. He describes in the rest of that chapter. How people who. They, they knew about God. They, so they got a glimpse of him. But they didn't want it. They rejected it. And how far they fell. And how depraved they became. And how corrupted. And ungodly. It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. But in the second chapter, Romans 2, verse 14, amplified, when the Gentiles who have not, that's, that's talking about us, who have not the law do instinctively what the law 
requires. They are a law to themselves since they don't have the law. What's he talking about? He's talking about people who were heathen and idol worshipers. And they received Jesus. And they got born again. And they received the Holy Spirit. And they quit lying. Though they never heard the commandment, thou shalt not lie. They quit stealing. Though they never read a commandment, thou shalt not steal. Why? Because the author of the book is now in them. Can you see this? The, the scripture says in Galatians, if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Sometimes people just quote, I'm, I'm not under the law, and then act like, well, what are you under? Nothing. No. You haven't just gone from good things like the Ten Commandments to nothing. You've, been, you've come to a higher way of living. We're led by the Spirit. The one who wrote the book. The author is living in us 24-7. Amen. And if we'll yield to him and follow him, you don't have to tell us don't, you know, steal, don't lie, etc. So don't kill. You don't have to tell us that. Because we already got that on the inside. Keep reading. He said, verse 15, they show that the essential requirements of the law are written where? In their hearts. And are operating there. With which their consciences. Everybody say conscience. Conscience. This is one of the biggest keys to holiness there is. Awareness and the keeping clear of one's own conscience. Being separated and and holy, walking with the holy God. Not a matter of adhering to some group's list of what you should and shouldn't do. It's a matter of walking in the light you have in your own heart. Keeping your conscience clear. He said their conscience bears witness Their decisions will accuse or excuse. Everybody say accuse or excuse. Accuse or excuse. This is going on inside us all the time. Not in our head. This is not reasoning. This is not logic. Your head's not your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding every time we do something our heart either confirms it or accuses it we have a witness it's okay or a witness it's not okay and if our heart bothers us about something the scripture says only if our heart doesn't condemn us in 1 John that we have confidence toward God. Condemnation is the confidence killer. Condemnation is a faith killer. We cannot afford for our heart to be bothering us about something because we're going to need to use our faith for the day's over. Do you see this action that's going on inside you? 
your, your heart, your, your conscience being the voice of your heart, is either giving you a witness that this is good, this is okay, or it's giving you a check, this is not good, this is not okay. And if your heart bothers you about something, it doesn't matter what anybody else does or doesn't do. If your heart bothers you about it, you cannot do it unless you sin. To you, it is sin. Why? Not just because of the thing that was done, but because you violated your conscience. You ignored your conscience. You overrode the light that you have. Now, we've been on this series for weeks and weeks now, and a bunch of what happened before was getting us here. This is one of the big places the Lord wanted to get us to. There's much in the New Testament about the conscience. I mean, I, I just in my cursory study uh, yesterday, I saw 32-some instances in the New Testament. What is the conscience? The word conscience means co-perception, a knowing with is literal, knowing with. You know, again, if you're honest, you do not believe you are descended from a single cell organism, and you're just some highly evolved form of animal. There's too much to you. There's much more to you than, well, sure, there's some similarities between our body and an animal's body. They're made out of the same materials, made from the same creator. But that's where a lot of the similarities stop. The internal, the heart, the soul, the spirit, the mind, our creative ability our awareness of things, actually dimensions beyond this dimension. God is spirit. That's beyond this dimension. That's another dimension from this dimension. You are spirit. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is inside your spirit. You're not alone. Inside and you have an, when you have an awareness of something on the inside, you not only have the witness of your own conscience, but you have somebody else that chimes in and goes, yes, that's right. Amen. <laughs> His name is Holy Spirit. Amen. Go to the ninth chapter and see what we're talking about. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Romans 9. The Lord's helping us. I know he's helping us. What does it mean to be ye separate? How do you do that? How do you walk that out? It's not complicated. We're, we're never going to understand all of the ramifications and ins and outs of things and situations. We're so very young spiritually. We have such small experience. We know so little. Oh, but we got the one who knows everything. Amen. Living on the inside of us. How do we get this right? There's only one way. When he checks you about something, that's the thing you don't do. No matter who's doing it, I don't care if 93% of the church world is doing it. If it bothers your conscience, you don't do it. 
You agree? Romans 9. Paul said this, and this, this shows this definition. He said, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. The NIV says, I speak the truth, the what? The what? The truth. The truth. This, this is so much about honesty. And see, this is where you get into trouble. It can start really young. You know, it's your job to take out the trash as a kid. And you didn't do it. And so, mama, daddy says, why didn't you take out the trash? And in your heart, you know it was your job. You know it was your day. But you say, oh, was it my day? (laughs) Oh, I forgot. And you didn't forget. You just didn't want to quit playing video games. People laugh. It ain't funny. This is how you, you can dull yourself to where you can't even hear from God anymore. This is serious. And if you do that, what will happen? You'll get darker and darker and duller and duller. If you don't want the truth, what else is there to believe? All these lies. And you'll become more and more tolerant. More and more things are okay. And you become more and more conformed to the ungodly world around you. And there was a time when you couldn't have said that or done that or been a part of that. It would have bothered your conscience. But you can sear or cauterize your conscience until it doesn't bother you anymore. Doesn't mean you're lost, but you have become very insensitive. And you're not listening. You're not paying attention. How many can see it is vitally important that we pay attention to our conscience? Because the Holy Spirit is communicating with us through our conscience, showing us things, confirming things, checking things. And this this is one reason why many Christians have died young and wrong and prematurely. What do you mean? Well, the Spirit of God was trying to deal with an individual, you know, don't go on that trip, don't do this, don't do the other, and because they had not listened and ignored him for the previous 10 years, they didn't even pay attention to it and just blared right into it. But if we'd have kept our conscience clear, it would have come up so vivid and so distinct to us, oh man, that's a check. I'm not going to do that could have spoiled the enemy's trap that he had for us. It is so vital. See, see, when people talk about holiness, a lot of folks' minds run off on a tangent and, and, and they think of hypocritical people who are always coming down on you, telling you what you can do and what you can't do. And that's what the enemy wants people to think. But holiness is being like Jesus. It's Christ-likeness. And holiness helps you to be clear to hear. Oh, somebody say glory to God. It helps you that when the Lord speaks to you, you recognize him. You remember our passage in Romans, when they saw and knew God, they didn't acknowledge him. 
And so then their understanding was what? Darkened. We don't want darkened. We want brighter and brighter. We want clearer and clearer. As a teenager, I became completely convinced that if I could learn how to hear from God, I had it made. A few years since then, I know it's true. I know it's true. I know it's true. If you learn how to hear from God and do what he tells you to do and don't do what he tells you not to do, you will be kept. You will be protected. You will be blessed. You will be prospered. You will be successful. Do you believe it, saints of God? He will keep you and help you. But if you won't listen, oh, the world's a dangerous place. Is that right? Full of, full of demons and curse and crazy people. <laughs> God doesn't control this for us. We must decide. I'm going to get my conscience clear. And I'm going to keep it clear. Are y'all with me saints? Does that take some effort on your part? Paul said I always exercise myself. To have a conscience. Void of offense. Between me and God and between me and men. He said I'm doing this all the time. What does that mean? Let's say you spoke too quick. You spoke too harsh. You said some things you shouldn't have said. And the moment you did, your heart bothered you. What do you do? Don't act like you don't know that. Don't walk away and pretend. Come on, y'all with me? Do you want to be able to hear from God tomorrow? Then what do you do? Right now, you go, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. That's not true. I don't believe that. Please forgive me. What are we doing? We're just doing what's right. You're being honest. Instead of pretending, acting like you don't know. And what will happen? You receive. Actually, whether they forgive you or not. You helped yourself. And you receive forgiveness and cleansing. And that keeps you clear. Clear. Clear to see. Clear to hear. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, the Bible said concerning Lot, and this is something we don't want to do. Put it on the screen for us, 2 Peter 2 and uh, 7. 2 Peter 2, verse 7, it said that the Lord rescued Lot, a righteous man. What kind of man? This is... uh, said just Lot. I'm reading the NIV. A righteous man who was distressed by the what? The filthy lives of lawless men. For that righteous man living among them day after day was what? Tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. Tell me the big problem here. Tell me the big, Lot had a lot of good qualities about him. Bible calls him a, a right man. And yet, what's happening to him? He's distressed by the filthy lives of the people in Sodom and Gomorrah. He is, uh, 
tormented in his soul by what he's seeing and hearing every day that he's there. Tell me what the big problem is. He needs to separate himself from the, he does not need to be living here. The Lord did not tell him to be there. I'm sure the Lord told him not to go down there. The scripture says he worked his way up to it. What do you mean by that? He was with Abram. He wouldn't have had anything if it wasn't for Abram. Abram treated him like a son. Taught him business. Taught him about livestock. Gave him opportunity to invest. Abraham said, I'm going out over there and buying some black angus today. I think the market's right for it. You want to buy some? Here, I'll give you some starter money. Next thing you know, Lot's rich. Rich. And then when it came to the land, they had so much that the herdsmen are quarreling. And Abraham says, you know, we can't have this strife now. We, got, we, we can't have this. You tell me what you want, and I'll go the other way. So that we want, and he picked the best land. Big mistake. He didn't respect his elder. He didn't show honor. And it proves how vulnerable he was outside of his elder's environment. Is, is everybody listening? He didn't know how weak he was because he's surrounded by Abraham and Sarah's faith. He's living in an atmosphere of faith and favor. And you, if you've lived in it for years and decades, you can get to thinking that it's mostly your faith. But as soon as he left him, the Bible said he pitched his tent toward Sodom. He's not there. What's he doing? Why would you pitch your tent toward Sodom? So you can see it every day when you get up in the morning. So you can hear. As we know what happened. Then, then what did he do? I think we need to move a little closer. Is that right? And then move a little closer. And then move a little closer. And now you're in. He's part of living and what's going on. His conscience is just tearing him up every day, seeing this filthy and ungodly and wrong stuff. He should not be there. We should not torment ourselves like this. And we certainly shouldn't do it until our conscience gets seared and it doesn't bother us anymore. Now we're in a bad place. Not hearing from the Lord. Does it matter that we listen to the Lord and separate ourselves from things that are unclean and wrong and ungodly? And what's another way of saying that? Separate yourself from things that bother your heart, things that bother your conscience. We got a job, and it should be high on our list every day of our life from the time we get up. To the time we go to bed. And we'll wake up in the middle of the night. What? Keep that conscience clear. If something's bothering you. Get it fixed. Do whatever you need to do. To get it fixed. So that you're clear. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand on your feet everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today. Free of charge. By the partners of More Life Ministries. And Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, 
you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.